Hey, listen, we're gonna start a brand new series, and um, I've been really anticipating this. I say the word excited a lot, but I've, I've been really had a sense of spiritual anticipation for our church for quite a while, and there were about three things I felt like God put on my heart for the fall, and as we kind of prayed and strategized, they all have kind of landed right here for this series, and so um, I believe the timing of this is, is really um, divine, and I believe God wants to take us somewhere as an entire body. He wants to do some stuff in us and through us and, uh, and so we're gonna start a brand new series and it's based off of a book that came out actually just before the pandemic. John Eldridge, a great author, if you know him from Wild at Heart uh, early on, he wrote a new book. In fact, he wrote it right before the pandemic, but it was almost a prophetic manual for the pandemic. And it, the book was called Get Your Life Back. Uh, I have it right here. And I, I've read it once, I'm rereading and listening to it again because it is so challenging, good, profound, um, and it's just so in line with a lot of what business psychology and business leaders are, are saying as well. Of, of it, it just seems like so much is happening where we've kind of lost sight of the important things. And so we're gonna do a six-week series starting this weekend. And I would love for every single one of you to, to be a part of this and get the book. We're gonna do three things over the next six weeks together. And I really believe that for some of you, this is exactly what you need. In fact, I meet within here with an, uh, from enough of you that it's almost like God knows and he, you're gonna come to me like, was that just for me? And I'm like, well, yes, but not because I know something, but because your heavenly father loves you. And so, um, so we're gonna get our lives back, but uh, this book is, is going to be available. We have the QR code on our website, I believe, and on the app where you can just get it. I'll tell you this, it's, it, this book became so popular that they ran out of prints, and so they're reprinting more in September, but you can still find some on Thrift Books and Target. There's places you can find it. We ordered about uh, 50 or so of these. They won't be here until Tuesday, so you can either come into the office and grab one, or they'll be available at the Connect Desk. If we sell out, we'll order some more, um, but I so want every single person to get this book and go through this book the next six weeks, and, and really, um, the, the premise of the book and the idea is that um, the world that is the world we live in right now, what's happening in the craziness and the chaos is everywhere around us is, is so immense. It's so all the time in our face. And we're, I don't know if you feel this way, but I'm constantly bombarded with, I feel, I think you should. If you don't, you are. If you do, you will. And, and all this. And the reality is, um, our souls were never meant to live this way. We are not actually wired by God to handle and absorb the amount of stress and trauma and drama and information that is now accessible due to technology, which is, is a lot of it's good, um, but our soul is not meant to handle it. It's why depression's on the rise, suicide's on the rise, anxiety's on the rise, uh, and, and all the people in this industry are agreeing. And so that's the whole big idea of this book is that we were never meant to live this way. And the best illustration I could give you, and this is simple, but I, I think it'll stick, pardon the pun, um, our souls are, a, the best picture I could give you is your soul is like a lint roller. And what I mean by that is whatever your soul comes in contact with, whatever you swipe on social media, whatever news you hear, whatever drama is going on at work, whatever gossip there is in the neighborhood, whatever you come in contact with, your soul picks up parts of that. There's no way around it. You can't just unsee, unhear, and unfeel things. Can we agree on that? And so now, in, in the history of the world, we used to live at a lot more of a bubble and a slower pace, but now everything is coming at us at a barrage, and we have like this constant thing going on, and our souls, just in a five-minute social media search, 
hatred and arguing and murderers and faith and fear and vaccine and lives and yada, yada. And I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but most of us have lost a little bit of our soul or our minds or our lives. And what I believe God wants to do, and he's way better at it with our soul than I am with this stupid thing, (laughs) is I believe if we'll allow him in this season, he wants to take us to take some time and he wants to peel back that layer of, this is so embarrassing. You guys, this idea and illustration is a great one and it worked when we ran through it. If I had my contacts, I'd be fine. And I believe if you'll create the space, this is what God wants to do. He wants to help us to unpeel some of that stuff and get back to where we can kind of just feel joy and peace and we can kind of get our lives back. And so we've picked up so much. And so the way we're living is essentially destroying our, our, our souls. And we have to get back to a more sustainable way. We're not trending the right direction. So as followers of Jesus, we're going to have to do some things. And so um, here's what I'm asking you. There's three things we're going to do over the next six weeks. I'm going to give you two of them now. I'm going to give you the last one at the end of this. Um, but I'm asking everybody, will you prioritize? Will you make it a point to get this book and read it? I, 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 if you are not blessed by it, I will take you to lunch. I'll buy you the book. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a gift card to Tony and Ada's. I promise you will be so enriched. We're going to be selling them for 20 bucks because that's what they cost us, like 19 something. We, I don't want to make money on this. I just want to get it in your hands. If you're like, Pastor, I literally don't have $20. I'll give you a book. I want you to have it that bad. I want you to have this. Uh, so get the book. Again, you can order it online right now or you can get it here in the office, uh, paper, listen to it, whatever you got to do. So I'm going to ask you to prioritize that. Number two, I'm gonna ask that you would prioritize, will you make it a point to be in church the next six weeks? Be in God's house, whether it's online, church online, wherever you're joining us from, in the house, but the next six weeks, because we're gonna touch on some of the things in the book, but there's a lot more I wanna say outside of this, and he wants to say, so we're gonna do the both and. So those two things, and I believe this could be transformational. It could alter the course of some of our lives in a better way. Some of us, I believe, are maybe a lot closer to some really not awesome stuff in our souls and in our lives, whether it's in our marriages or our finances, or stuff, and God, I believe, wants to do something really, really big if we will prioritize that. And so I'm asking you to prioritize those things, and the third one I'll give you at the end of this message, but we're gonna do a series inspired by this, Get Your Life Back, and, and, and I know the women did a Bible study on this earlier on in the fall. Uh, lots of other churches have done it, and I just, I just sense a divine timing that this is right for Cape Christian now, uh, and, and I believe you're gonna be blessed. And so I know it's not at the movies, but I think you could invite that neighbor or coworker, and they will be just as blessed by this as they would be at the movies, even though we don't have an arcade and popcorn anymore. So I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna dive into the Get Your Life Back series. Heavenly Father, we, we commit this time to you, and not just the next few minutes of, of, of this service or this message, but we commit this next six weeks. God, we want to approach it as, as they did in the times of old where they would set aside times to hear from you and receive from you uh, that, uh, that we would allow you to cleanse us. We would allow you to heal us. We would allow you to restore us. We would allow you to realign whatever needs to be realigned. And so, God, I pray for all of us, God, that, um, that we would prioritize being in church. We would prioritize this book, God, and that we, would, um, uh, uh, that we would really incline our hearts, our minds, and our ears, and our souls to what you want to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So week one, get your life back. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled about what we're going to be talking about. Um, but I think we have to start with the most important thing. If I were to ask you, what's, what's the most important thing in your life? Or what's, what are some of the goals you have? Um, you would probably give me some different types of ideas. You would give me some different answers. 
Um, but ultimately, I want to start with a very simple beginning in that, what is it that we are actually here for? Why, in the, in the vast expanse of the earth, in the timeline of the universe, why are we here now? What is, what is my plan and my purpose? And, and while there's a micro answer to that that is different for every single one of us, there's more of a macro answer that is the same for all of us. And it's really hard to get your life back if you don't ultimately know what you were created for and what you were ultimately created for. And what your ultimate and my ultimate, what our ultimate goal should be with our time, our energy, our talents, our resources, with what we have is our ultimate aim, your ultimate purpose is just simply union with God. Amen. The end. Like, it, it's, it's that simple. Um, you were meant to be one with your, your creator. He wants to have a relationship with you that's personal and, both, and, and fulfilling, and he wants you to experience that, and he has that for you. He's given your own free will, but that is your ultimate goal and your ultimate purpose. And anytime we deviate from this, we start to miss it, and we start to let our souls get really, really contaminated. Now, I know when I say that, that, that can kind of sound a little bit elementary, and a lot of us, maybe some of us would go, oh yeah, that makes sense, I get that. Maybe if you're new to this journey, this, hopefully this kind of opens the eyes of your heart that this is your greatest, your grandest purpose. But like, oh yeah, union with God, I get it. And while I believe that we practically, um, that we agree with this sentiment, I don't think we actually practically live this way. Just like I think we all know eating healthy and exercise is really good for us. We all know that. We know, we have the information, but just because we agree with something on a screen doesn't mean we're experiencing it in our lives, amen? Stop looking around at each other. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but here's the other problem, and here's the part that I'll even, as a leader, take ownership. I think modern Christianity, this, this kind of modern movement in, in the Western world of Christianity has a little bit led us to an insufficient destination and has given a little bit of an incomplete spiritual journey. And, and follow me with this, because again, I think we go, oh yeah, that's good, but I don't know that we actually prioritize this as the most important thing, like we do our health or our fitness or our family or our career or whatever the case may be. Now, when I say prioritize, I don't mean necessarily equal time, but equal intentionality and equal energy. Are you with me? Okay, so here's the typical pattern, and I'm gonna move this in case you can't see the screen from over there. Here's the typical pattern for most believers, and here's what we say is, is our goal is to introduce you to Jesus. We want you to come into the kingdom. We want you to know his saving grace. There is nothing greater. This is a, a great thing, and we will call that faith, right? So step one of your, your spiritual journey is faith. We want you to come to faith in Jesus. I believe he's real. He is who he says he is. He died for my sins. He wants a relationship with me, so I have faith. Once we come into faith, now we introduce you to his word, which is he's the living word. And so we start teaching you his words and his commands. And so we move from faith to now I'm gonna start to obey. I'm gonna start to do what the Bible says. We're gonna use the word obedience. So we move from faith and then we move to obedience. We're like, I'm learning and I am growing and some things are happening. And then we're like, you know what, really? And, and this is really good. And then we go, you know what? You really need to be a part of somebody else's journey. You want, God wants you to contribute to his kingdom. And so we want you not just to absorb or consume, but we want you to contribute and we want you to serve. And so then you start to move to an act of service. And so you put your faith in Jesus, you start to obey, and then you serve, and then we stop. And what I would imagine, and, and there's no shame in this, probably at least half of us are looking at that going, well, so what's the problem? What's wrong with that? Because if you were to be honest, this is probably the spiritual journey you were introduced to. Put your faith in Jesus, grow in your obedience and knowledge of his word, which you should, all good things, all good things, Olaf, all good things. And now let's serve the kingdom. All of those are really good, but we're missing the most important part. And what this should look like is we put our faith in Jesus 
And immediately, we begin to experience union with God. We start to hear his voice. We start to, to know how to pray to him. We start to absorb his word. We are start to understand that we were made for him and he was made for us. And so we experience union with God. And when we get this and, and you get this intimacy and this real relationship and, and it becomes from the inside out, we're gonna do, still do the next two things, but they come from a very different place in our hearts and our minds. Because now I wasn't introduced to some spiritual kind of journey I have to do to make myself feel like I've powered up or I'm doing all the right things so God's happy with me. I've actually found his love and grace in spite of my stupid, stinking humanity, and he loves me and chooses me anyway, and so now I get to live in freedom, and I want to serve, and I want to be obedient because I've actually come to know that the things that he says I should do are actually what's best for me, not you better or else. So we should go from faith to union, then out of that union with God, just like when you know your parents or your leader really loves you or your coach or your instructor only wants what's best for you, you're like, oh, I'm gonna do what they say because they want what's best for me. Well, now obedience is from a, state, a standpoint of I have this union with God and I know he wants what's best for me, not I better or else, which then leads to like, man, I gotta be a part of this in somebody else's life. And this is more of the ancient spiritual journey versus the modern. And so again, we still get the faith, we still get the obedience. We still get the service. But guess what we got? This relationship with God. And I'll tell you, this is personal to me. And this is to no fault of anybody. But I'll tell you, the first 22 years of my journey was faith, obedience, service. In my mid-20s, this became a thing. And it radically changed my entire life and my entire journey. And now I still obey and I still serve. But it could not be out of a more different place and a more different why and a more inside-out version and view. Not so that you approve of me but because I actually know God already approved of me, now I just want you to get in on what I'm getting in on. Does that make sense? So that's where, that's the deal. And so here's the difference of this. Well, I wanna give you kind of a picture. What's the difference? Is um, imagine that God is, is one hand, we're the other hand, and I think a lot of it, that, that first, the kind of that faith, obedient service is like this. Like we have this picture and like, you know, I wanna get close to God and then when you move, I move and where you go, I go. And, and this looks good and feels good. But the, the, the danger of this is the minute I don't like what you say, Oh, I don't really think sex should all stay outside of marriage. I don't know that I should be that generous with my money. I don't know that I should forgive the crazy people that many times. Like, it's really easy to go, oh, I don't want to do that. And then I'm going to come back. And I'm in and I'm out and I'm in and I'm out and I'm in and I'm out. And it's like, I was in church. I was in a small group. I serve on, I wear the red shirt and, and greet people with the Mickey Mouse hand. And I do all those things. But I don't. And that's, that's the difference. But what Jesus, his whole heart, and this is what he wants for you, not demands of you is an intertwine. That, that we, and how do I know? Because he prayed it in John 17. He said that we would be one as me and the Father are one. It's the same one. It's that same root word that says when a husband and a wife come together, they become one flesh, literally inseparable. It's like super gluing something together, like they're, they're one. And this is what Jesus wants for us, and this is what God has for us. And this is how you experience ultimate joy and fulfillment in your life and in your relationship with God, even if the circumstances around us are crazy. And so now there's no in and out. It's wherever I go, you go, and I'm keeping in step with your spirit. And so my question, just for you to evaluate, we're not gonna raise hands or anything, is would you say that you're on your own path? If you were to be honest, are you more like, eh, I'm kind of I'm this guy or this girl? Or are you like, man, no, it's, it's, it's me and Jesus all the way. Like, I don't care what the world says. Because this is where you're gonna find that ultimate union 
with God. Jesus, when he was explaining it, he actually taught it this way in John chapter 15. These might be my favorite words of Jesus. When he described this, he says, he's talking to the people who wanna follow him. He says this, I am the true vine. Jesus is speaking of himself. He's the trunk, he's the core. He is where the sustenance, he is the, 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 he is the source of life. He says, I'm the vine and my father's a gardener. God takes care of everything and you get all your life from me. And he goes, and you guys, by the way, on verse, go ahead, go to verse four. He goes, you guys are the branches. And he says, remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit on its own. It must remain on the vine. Neither can you bear fruit or become productive unless you remain in me. What's a branch's job? Is it to produce? Nope. It's to stay connected. And the promise is you stay connected to me, and you can't help but produce. But if we are trying to produce but we cut ourselves off from the vine, we've missed it entirely. And that's where the obedience and service without union can get really, really messy and legalistic and religious. And we can do a lot of good things with good intent, but we can do a lot of damage to ourselves and those around us. Yeah. And so he's saying, remain in me. And he says, and, and then you will and remain in me. And then he says again, um, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. What a great promise. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will have much fruit. But apart from me, you will bear no fruit. Apart from me, your marriage will stink. Apart from me, your finances won't bring you the hope and joy that you think it will. Apart from me, your parenting will suffer. Apart from me, you won't find peace and satisfaction. Apart from me, mental health will be even harder. Apart from me, balance and, and saying all of it, he's saying you can't bear fruit. And so our job is to stay connected. You were created for union with God, period, the end. And we have never lived in a time in history where more things are competing for it. And here's the crazy part. A lot of them are good things. It's not all sin. It's not, most of us aren't, some of us aren't missing the boat because we're like, well, should I follow Satan or Jesus? I don't know, they're so similar. <laughs> no, it's good things. It's the constant craziness and bombarding of I should and I could and this is what the world says I should do. And so we're to remain in him. So God's main desire for you, the reason he created you, which somebody needs to hear this today, maybe online, maybe in person. The reason God created you was not so you could produce for him. He put this whole world together without you. He's doing just fine. He's got it. And he's going to be here at the end. It says, Hebrews says his kingdom will reign forever. Like his kingdom can't be shaken. So he doesn't need you. That's good news. So the reason he created you is not so you could produce for him. The reason he created you is so you could experience intimacy and union with him. And when you experience that, you can't help but produce for him. And it might look very similar on the outside, but I promise you the way you live from the inside out, it will be night and day. And that's what this book is about. That's what this series is about. This is the, the, the journey I'm on. And thank God I, I have a long ways to go, but I'm not where I was. And, and, and there's so much life and joy that comes out of this. And so some of you are like, oh, I just need to make God proud. And you like, well, how are you going to impress God? I, well, I got a medal in my tournament. I, I did good on the sale. Like, he's like, you know, I spoke the world into existence without trying, right? Like, well, like what are we going to do? Or Jesus, I did. He's like, you know, I died on the cross for your worst stuff, right? Like, I think, like, you, you get on you, and that's, there's so much freedom, and you don't need to impress him. He's like, I just want you. I just want you. And it can get to the point where it might start with a discipline and an intentionality, like, okay, I don't really get this, but it will actually get to the point where you will want to spend time with him. I promise, I promise. 
And I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about the same prayer 100 million times. We're going to talk more about that in the next couple of weeks. I'm just talking about union and intimacy. It is his main goal. That's what this is all about. And so, that, I mean, that's the premise of week one. Where are we going with this? We are going to do some things to get union and intimacy with God back. We're going to remove some things. We're going to add some things. We're going to evaluate some things. In the name of Jesus, we're going to get our life back. And some of us, we need to get our life back. Some of you are like, some of you are like oh man, pastor, my life's pretty good. Oh my gosh then how much better is it about to get? That's awesome. So if God's main goal is ultimate goal for us is union with him, it's also important for you to know that there is an absolute enemy of your soul, the devil, Satan. John 10 says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What do you think his goal is for you? Disunion with God. Disunion with God. It's that simple. And so he'll do, and you need to know this, anything to keep you connected to God, even if it's good stuff. Some of you, the devil couldn't be more thrilled that your kids are in 3,000 things because you have no time for God. They're all good things. You're developing your kids, scholarships, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so some, the devil will use whatever he can to separate this. So it could be this gross, gnarly sin, addiction, hard stuff. You know what? It could be minor sin. You know what else it could be? It could be uh, busyness. It could be entertainment. It could be your career. It could be actual financial gain. And again, is there anything wrong with some of those things in and of themselves? Yeah. No, but it, it's, it does become a problem when that is what's taking the place of union with God. And I can't tell you how many people I say, hey, how's your relationship with God? How's your God time? Oh, pastor, what do you think everybody always says? Oh, pastor, it's so amazing. We have so much margin. <laughs> no. I know I should, but we just don't have the time, space, energy, yada, yada, yada. So funny. I love people. So I, I love you. I genuinely love you. So I miss you when you're not here. I love, this is one of my favorite parts of the week. So I'll run in and so I'm like, oh man, I miss you. And they're like, and they, what they think I'm saying is we took attendance and I noticed you weren't there last Sunday. I'm never saying that. <laughs> I'm saying I genuinely like you and I genuinely miss, oh, you know, the kids had the tournament. I'm like, you, hey, let me stop you right there. You don't owe me a reason why you weren't in church, I just want you to know I care about you enough to know that I noticed you weren't here and I missed you. Right. We're better when you're here. I get it. You don't know any explanation. But we, we immediately go into, well, we were doing all these like, really good things. And <laughs> I'm sure you were. And even if you weren't, I'm not going to judge you. Let's just pray, whatever, you know. So the devil wants to keep you from union with God. He'll use noise. He'll use distraction, amusement, addiction, coping mechanisms, hobbies. He'll pick anything. Here's the crazy part about the devil, which, by the way, he's stronger and smarter than all of us. He is. So if you think you're bigger than the devil, you're a fool. Now, Jesus is way bigger than, than him, so you need Jesus. You, plus, Jesus wins. You can't handle the devil on your own. The devil can even take the good things and the blessings of God and use them to your disadvantage if you don't allow God into that. He can actually take the, the blessings and the favor, and now that creates his comfort and busyness and all that. He knows how to even leverage that if we're not going, man, union with God is the most important thing. Are we preaching yet? So... How do we do this? Simply, simple, simple, simple. The, the goal for the next six weeks, and here's the goal, that all of us would say, man, I feel like I've got some things back in my soul. I am closer to God than I was six weeks ago. That is my goal for you at the first weekend of September. Don't get your calendars out. It's six weeks. I've already counted. <laughs> I'm closer to God. I have more intimacy with God. I have had some good God. Not, I've checked a box. I am so not interested in that. I have had meaningful time with God and I feel closer to him than I was six weeks ago. That is my goal, and some things have been restored in my soul. So how are we gonna do that? What's the most, what's one of the most 
noble common prayers that I probably have prayed or sung, I, I'm not exaggerating, 100,000 times in my life. God, give me more of you. Give me more of you. More, Lord. More. I want more of God. That should be the prayer. So if we're asking for more of God, how's he gonna do that? He wants to answer that prayer. It's his favorite prayer to answer. That's what he wants to do. But if he's going to do it, two things need to happen. There's that stupid tape. I knew that was gonna happen. One, he can increase our capacity. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute for a little bit. But mostly, greater union is gonna require greater emptying. Because see, our soul, we're limited beings, right? So our soul is like this cup. And God, we're limited, will always fill whatever space we give him. And what our life is, and a hundred years ago, it was go to work, do your thing, you know, fill. But our life has become so almost jumbled. It's like, well, we got the kids and I got the, the, the job, but then we got the online job. And then, you know, we got dance class, but then we got the sports. Um, and don't forget, we got to have the, the, the so-and-so's over Friday and the so-and-so's over Thursday. And, um, you know, we got that report and um, we need that other master's degree because I might just want to get ahead in my career. And then we got these other things. And then, um, oh, we got to make some money. So like, what are we going to, we need a side hustle and uh, um, we need a little bit of fun entertainment because this is just getting crazy. So like, God, I just need, I just need some me time, just some me time. I heard self-care is important. And here we are, and when then we come to church, we're like, more and more of you. More, Lord, more. Just fill me. Just fill me, Lord. Great prayer, never stop praying it. How many times when we pray that prayer is God's answer, I would love to, where are you going to make space? Yeah. Come on, somebody. Amen. I would love, and listen, there's no guilt in this. There's no shame. You know the energy I have. I'm as guilty as this as any of you guys. I can, I can triple stack stuff. I can get more done in a day than some of you do in a week, only so I can do more the next day than you did in a week, not so I have more time with God. So I get it. And so when we say, God, I want, I want more of you, maybe he wants to increase our capacity, and there's probably some truth and reality to that, but mostly what he's gonna do is, okay, how about a little bit less me time? How about a little bit less Netflix? What if you gave up Facebook for a week? Oh, God, now we got all kinds of room for the Lord. Maybe you don't, maybe, maybe I'll be your provider and you don't need a third side hustle. You're doing okay. You don't need all that other stuff. Maybe you, maybe you don't need your kids to be in everything. Maybe you don't need to say yes to every invite, to every party and everything and every, and now all of a sudden what we're gonna do is the greater, the path to greater union with God is just greater emptiness. Now, and that's, this is literally what happens to our soul. All day long, it gets filled up with stuff, filled up with stuff, filled up with stuff. Good, bad, stress, sin, worry, kids. You, you guys are with me, right? I don't need to explain it. I'm making a huge mess up here and having so much fun doing it. <laughs> so how in the world am I gonna do that today? How am I gonna do this? Because it's not like I could just go buy, like build a shack on a mountain, go, go to a monastery. Uh, like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? Like, God doesn't want you to go to a monastery. He's not asking you to leave your parents, leave your family, leave your kids, and just go he, He's actually going to teach us how to regularly, ongoingly empty ourselves in this ever-filling, ever-busy world. And this isn't just practical stuff. I mean, this is, it, it is. It's how much news media we take in and how much social media and how much all the other stuff. We don't need a monastery. We need a strategy. And so that's what these next few weeks, that's what this book and the series is all about. And here's what Jesus says. I, I show you this all the time because I just think it's so compelling. It's back. What the heck? 
This is why we can't have nice things. And here's why I'm excited, because I believe if you will give God the space, here's what he's going to do for you. Jesus said this, come to me, come to me. All of you who are burdened, stressed out, overwhelmed, need your life back. All of you who are just heavy, laden, weary, burdened, I can't do it, I can't carry it. You come to me, and I will give you rest. And the next verse, he says, not just rest, you will find rest for your soul. I'm looking at some of your faces and I'm feeling the room and I can just sense in here we're all kind of going, that's what I need. That's what I want. That's what I want. Greater union. I want, I want rest for my soul. That's not a suggestion. It's a promise. If you, if you empty, if you create space, I will fill. I will give you rest. So real quick, as we finish this up, two questions and we have to address. I'm gonna do this really quickly. Number one, what is it that disrupts our union with God? We need to know that. And then number two, how do we increase our capacity? What's, what's separated us and how do we increase the capacity? So number one, what disrupts our union with God? Really quickly without getting into it because this could be its own, this whole own series by itself. Suffering, disappointment, and trauma majorly disrupts our union. Why? Because we live in a, in a time in the, in, the, in the world where we actually expect everything good to happen to us. And so every time we experience pain or suffering or disappointment or trauma, it has the potential to create mistrust with God. Desi, you can send the keyboard just whenever you want. Mistrust. And it's like, man, the minute, the minute something happens, it's like, oh, I don't know if I can trust God. I don't know if God's good. When people's lives have been, like, it's been this way since Adam and Eve. Like, you know that since the beginning of sin in Genesis 3, the world is broken and bad things happen. Yet somehow we've created this expectation that only good things and easy things and comfortable things should happen to me. And I, 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 don't, I told somebody today, I'm gonna go to heaven with a whole lot more why questions than I am answers. I don't know why certain things happen the way they do. But I know that when they do, the devil's gonna go, see, God doesn't love you. See, you can't trust him. See, he's not for you. See, he's not real. If God was really real, then X, Y, Z, and he would have and you wouldn't and there should. That is not the voice of God. Jesus said, I know that's gonna happen. In this world, you will have trouble. Take courage. I have overcome the world. Come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. So he's going to use this to create, and he's just going to try to just inject betrayal in you. See, God, that's the voice of the enemy. And some of you, and before we get into this, some of you, the thing you're going to need to do is release some pain and some hurt and some disappointment to God so that you can experience more of that unity and more of that intimacy. That's what disrupts your union with God. And some of, again, this, this has been and will be again its own series, but I just want to touch on that for right now. And so maybe for some of you, and for some of you, it's not like, oh, yeah, the, the thing at work last week. Some of you, God's going to go back 30 years to your first marriage. 15 years to the way your dad did or didn't treat you. The stuff you heard in high school or college. That terrible thing that happened to you as a young girl in middle school or high school. That's still, you're dragging with you. Because that has created walls and blocks and mistrust and betrayal. And God wants to invade and heal and restore you if you let him into that space. That's what Satan's going to do. We experience enough suffering, hurt, pain, and disappointment that our trust in God starts to get shaken. We go, I don't know if I can trust God. And the truth is, it's so hard to do, is he's the only thing you can hang on to in those moments. I mean, what's the alternative? More Netflix? More alcohol? More drugs? More whatever? Temporarily may make you not feel it, but when you wake up tomorrow, guess what? It's still there. Second question then is this. How do we increase our capacity for more of God? 
how do we increase our capacity? How do we, how can this grow a little bit? And I'll tell you this, God will increase our capacity. He'll be slow, but incremental, and that's a good thing, but it, it, won't, it won't bring as much radical change as the emptying. So it's important, but the emptying really, really is, is important, and that's pretty much all of what next week is about. How can I increase my capacity for God? First, it starts with belief. I have to believe that God actually wants union with me. As simple as that might sound, some of you, that's where you're at today because you would bring in this list of mistakes and shame and guilt or, you know, the year you've had or the week you've had or the life you've had or your questions. You're like, man, if God really knew or pastor, if you really knew or, man, the the worst version of me, I don't know. You have to believe that God wants this with you. His grace, his love covered all of that for you. You don't have to earn your way. He knew we couldn't get to him, so he came to us. He knew we couldn't pay the price for our mistakes, so he paid it for us. And then he offers us this relationship freely if we will put our faith in him. And as we put our faith in him, he's like, let me help you experience this union with a living God who we can't see, but is very real and wants to speak to you right here and now. You gotta believe he wants. Some of you are still convinced God is upset with you that, man, you, you, you had a hard time walking in this building because you're like, I don't know, like they, they could get hit by lightning. Like I got some stuff. Some of you, maybe you're online. You're like, I'm too afraid. I'm too hurt. Let God in that. He wants union with you. So how do we increase our capacity? It starts with this understanding. And that's, that's an important approach. As you come to spend time with God, God, this is unfamiliar territory for me, but I'm choosing to believe you want me here. You want me. You created me not to produce for you, not for my own comfort and happiness, but you actually want regular relationship and intimacy and union with me. Number two, we must present our God, ourselves to God daily. We have to daily say, here I am. And listen, that's, if you feel like that's kind of religious or bible that's this is really simple. We do this every day at our job. What do I mean? We get ready, we have a plan, we show up, and we do it. This is no different with God. It's, it's having a plan and going, this is an important part of my day. I need this to survive. And so I'm going to present myself. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, when he's teaching people how to be followers of Jesus in the early church, he says, we must, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And again, I said it earlier, I'm not saying, well, if you work 40 hours, you need to spend 40 hours with God. No, not at all. In fact, it's way less than that. I'm just saying you need to have the same priority and the same energy and the same intentionality as you do presenting yourself. If you want to grow in your relationship with your spouse, you have to present yourself to them once in a while. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, you have to present yourself daily. I'm going to make space for you daily. Say daily. It can't be a once a week thing. I love that you come to church, but if you're going to make it in this crazy world, you need God way more than just this one hour every week. You have to. I mean, it's no different than after church, let's all go to like, I don't know, Applebee's. You wouldn't eat Applebee's on one day a week and be like, well, I'm good till next week. No, like five hours later, you're like, if I don't eat something, I'm gonna kill somebody. (laughs) Spiritually, it's the same way. We need God daily. We need him. And so that's the third thing that we're gonna do. The third thing that we're gonna do in this is we've always done this in January. We've never done it in the fall. I felt like a year ago, God said, you're gonna do this twice in 2021. We're gonna do another 21 days of prayer and fasting together as a church. Yeah, so we're working on the books right now. Um, We're gonna start it in the third week of the series so we can end on the final weekend. So we're gonna start August 14th and 15th. We're gonna have soap prayer journals for everybody. 
Online, they're gonna be virtual. In person, they're gonna be books. We're gonna have those. And so we're gonna ask everybody to prioritize 21 days where you set aside time to pray. I'm, I'm currently writing it right now, what we're, where we're gonna go with it and just making yourself, presenting yourself to God daily. But we're gonna emphasize the, a little bit more of the fasting this time of what am I going to, fasting is simply just what am I going to get rid of so I have more space? That's the simplest way I could describe fasting. I'm gonna talk more about it in the next couple of weeks, but that's the third thing. So get the book, come to church, and prioritize 21 days of prayer starting August 14th and 15th that weekend until we finish the series that first week of September. Third thing is this, how do I create more capacity? We have to believe God wants it with us. We have to present ourselves to God daily. And the third thing is we need to release. Somebody say release. release. We need to release. Anything that's taken up some space that God would say, if you let that go to me, I will both take care of that and fill you with me. The hurt, the pain, the disappointment, this needs to be an hour by hour daily basis. And so if you were here a few months ago, my friend, Pastor Art, preached a message and he told you about an app, the One Minute Pause app. The One Minute Pause app came out of his ministry from this book. And so I'm gonna invite and encourage everybody to download the One Minute Pause app. You can set as many reminders and it's just simply one minute with some soothing music and it's literally this prayer. God, I give everything and everyone to you. That's it. Two, three, four, five times a day, whenever you wanna set reminders, when you know stress is gonna be heating up, It'll give you a reminder and you just pause and you go into a cubicle or into the bathroom or in your car or whatever and you just, God, I give everything and everyone to you. I was created for union with you. So why don't you fill me in this moment? You don't need to have a 30 minute prayer time. And that is awesome when you do, I love those. But I've been doing this for a while. It's astounding what that does as a reset throughout the day. You know what else is astounding? How stinking long a minute is when you do that. I'm like, man, it, you know what it does is it for, it does. It forces you to slow at probably more of like a God, Holy Spirit pace versus the go grind, produce more pace. So I have a couple of these that go off every day. Uh, some days I do them. And then if you do enough, you can do the three minute pause and then the five minute pause. My goodness, the five minute pause. The first time I did, I'm like, I think it broke. I think it's broke. Like the time, oh, we still got three minutes left. Okay, all right, cool. But part of it is we're doing two things. We're creating space. And then we're releasing, God, I give everything. And then you can start to learn how to pray more specifically. God, I give you this situation at work. I give you this medical diagnosis my mother just got. I give you this stress, this decision I need to make. God, I give you my husband who I'm worried about who's in law enforcement or a, med a, a medical field. Or I give you my whatever. I give You can start to be more specific. God, I give everything and everyone to you. I give you my children. I know that you have a future for them. That one minute pause app. I love that some of you have already downloaded it since I just brought it up. It's a great tool. And it's going to launch you. So that start now. We'll do prayer together. We're going to release. We're going to create space. We're going to present ourselves. But it starts with understanding that God wants you. And so I realize that maybe you're here and that's news to you. What do you mean God wants me? Well, the Bible says that God sent his only son, Jesus, to live the perfect life and pay for all the mistakes you would make so that you could have this union with him. And if you would just in faith, believe and trust that that's for you, you can say, I receive this and you can have Jesus. You can experience this brand new life, born again, Jesus says in John chapter three. And it's as simple as just acknowledging that and asking Jesus to be the center of your life and saying, I wanna commit to following you. If that's where you're at, we're gonna pray in just a minute and you can say that prayer. For others of us, maybe there's some release and some healing and hurting. And so we're done, we're out of time. And I'm gonna pray 
I wanna, I'm gonna close in a, uh, just a simple prayer that all of us can say from our seat. But what I wanna do is before we do, I don't wanna give you all this information and run to the next thing. We're gonna have a one minute pause right now. And so I just wanna invite you based on what you've heard, just to release. Is there something you need to release? Do you wanna ask Jesus into your heart? Is there something you need to say, God, help me to do this. Help me with this. And so I'm gonna have Jen play for 60 seconds. And then I'm gonna ask us to uh, just have a moment where there's nothing else to get to for the next 60 seconds. this after me. God, I give everything and everyone to you. I give everything and everyone to you. I release the weights of my heart to you. Help me get my life back. Give me rest for my soul. Thank you for sending Jesus I make room for Jesus in my heart, in my life. I need this. Help me to empty myself of the things that need to be emptied and fill me in the areas you have for me. I believe you want union, friendship, and intimacy with me. In Jesus' name. Amen.